0: And the Oscar goes to Parasite. And we're back. Yes, Oscars night. We are just fresh off the big win of the night. Going to a surprise, maybe. We'll see. We'll talk about it. We're going to get right into the biggest stories of the night. For this, the Mike, Mike, and Oscar Oscars recap show. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. We needed
1: a fun Oscars. Yeah, we did. We needed a good show. And we needed some surprise wins this year. We got all three. I'm really happy right now. I haven't been happy sitting down with you <laughs> after one of these Oscars in a while. Yeah. And I think The Shape of Water was kind of a bummer win for us. We didn't like that movie. We didn't love that movie. Yeah. Last year with Green Book, we were agitated. We were upset. Very. And this year, even though you have some interesting views on *Parasite*, <laughs> the correct say, ones, yes, go on. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's a really cool win for a filmmaker that we both enjoyed his career. Yeah, it's a cool win for South Korea and what the, what it means for their history. They have been kicking ass over there, making great movies one after another with a bunch of auteurs that they support and
0: patron. So I, I'm really yeah. hyped for this win. I I tweeted this as a student of like, this practice of film criticism we do, Parasite winning Best Picture, I stand by everything I said. I do still think it's a very flawed movie. Um, but as a student of the Oscars and the Academy and what we study, to know that I was dead wrong about the fact that this Academy was going to keep an international feature from winning Best Picture, that gives me hope that we're more, we are more progressive than we seem, even though we have a lot of work to do as far as female filmmakers go, as far as minorities and people of color being represented in the acting categories go – The fact that this Academy was ready to embrace an international feature is really, really cool. I wonder if it's in response to what they did last year with Green Book and how much backlash they had to deal with throughout the following months. But I'm with you. I think this is a big moment for people like us who study this stuff all year round. I think this is a big step forward. And I think the whole night was a step forward as far as the Oscars go in general, like you were kind of hinting at. I think it was a good show for that we haven't had in quite some time. Agreed. And I think it's good for our show yeah. in many
1: ways because we get to study something of substance for the next, at least week. Yeah. We're going to have some special guests coming on our show to, to continue to break this down. But it, it's going to be fun to figure this one out and really get inside of it because it broke so many trends.
0: Yeah, and that's... For the last couple of years, we've kind of gone into Oscar night without some... We've had big upsets in bigger categories, but nothing really has shocked us as far as best picture goes. Mm-hmm. We went into this night... Saying all along, it was a three-picture race. In the more recent weeks, we said it was a two-picture race. We said Hollywood was buried. Uh, I predicted it just out of principle, because I had to at that point. I really didn't think it had a chance. But I did think 1917 was going to win. I thought 1917 was sweeping its way in.
1: Predictions aside, and and we've done pretty well yeah. overall in our, in terms of our predictions. You had a great night tonight, yeah. But uh, I, think, I think predictions aside, this is great for the Oscars. It's great for the brand. It's great for for South Korea like I said it's great for the movie industry yeah. to have a have an exciting winner mm-hmm. to have the film twitter pick win is great for the industry because film twitter is going to drive a ton of buzz all us podcasts indie
0: podcasts out there are going to go crazy now for the next month and it's going to light a fire under the ass we were kind of fortunate in the fact that anything but 1917 winning had the potential to light a fire under the ass of all these big studios to put more money into these original properties and kind of get these more unique films from these auteur-driven mm-hmm. films. Because it wasn't going to be 1917, it was going to be Parasite, or it was going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was going to be an auteur-driven film writer director film that goes out and wins and it's kinda nice to see that and maybe now I mean props to Neon, obviously they're celebrating. Hi Eric Weber, if you're gonna listen to this eight days he later, what you're coming out of right now with, <laughs> and he's drinking with bit Jun ho
1: he's going to the neon party He's all about little so, so
0: it's great for Neon. They're going to make. Buku bucks off of this for more showings of Parasite. Hopefully it lights a fire under the ass of the likes of Netflix and lights a fire under the ass of the likes of any kind of major studio. Look, 1917 is a very, very well done war movie, but it is still a war movie. That's mm-hmm. a, based on a single trope. If you're looking to kind of, for if, if studios want to chase Oscars, it's nice that they might have to pivot a little bit. Right? I mean, it's nice to see they're going to maybe have to change their way of thinking. And maybe we're not going to be living in this reboot, rebranded, re-comic book movie type world. You have those still, but we have original properties. They still matter. They still mean something. Let's go towards them. And it's a movie that had to become a
1: phenomenon to win. And I think that in one way is setting the bar pretty high. So the movie that really grabs hold, like Ryan McQuaid said on Chasing the Gold, where we guested with In Session Film there, he said this was truly the movie of the year it was. in terms of the hoopla. Yeah. In terms of, it was the movie of the moment in many ways. And in our cynical brains, we didn't pick that for the Oscars, and we we both wrong in that regard. After picking it the last two years. <laughs> After picking yeah, we picked it the last Get two out, years. Get out Black Panther. Get yeah. out Black Panther. We we were hoping there. But today it happened. And it makes so many people happy, but it also,
0: I mean, it puts Hollywood on notice, like you're saying. hopefully. I really hope that's the case, and I hope that that's the lesson learned from this. You know, there's so many different angles you could take to talk about this, and people, including us, are going to overanalyze this and dissect this as the days pass. Uh, By first blush, the first thing I'm thinking of is it didn't win any technicals. It didn't win any acting. It didn't win in editing. It just won Best Picture, Director, and Screenplay. It's a stat buster. (laughs) Right. It's a stat buster. Uh, It won nothing except the most important awards all awards season long. It got the acting branch with the SAGs. It got WGA Screenplay. It won a Best Original Screenplay. Then it won Director in one of the biggest upsets I can remember. I mean, director, the DGA, first of all, is never wrong. And when you sweep director, including DGA, you win best director. The only glimmer of hope for Bong Joon-ho was that tie at the Critics'
1: Choice. Yeah. Which you mentioned during the show tonight to me, where Glenn Close- Something happens when the favorite ties at the Critics' Choice. So th- that should have been a bigger warning yeah. sign. No, it shouldn't have. I mean, of course not. Who's going to read He was that? sweeping. Yeah. It. Sam Mendes was sweeping, winning the DGA, winning the Golden Globe, winning the BAFTA, winning all of these things. And then he loses tonight. I th- I don't know if it's unprecedented. we got to go back and do the stats. Again, it's something really cool to sink our teeth in. Screenplay, original screenplay is probably the least surprising of those yeah, three. Yeah, I would agree. Because that was breaking towards him from with WGA
0: and I think picture is the second least surprising by the way I think director is the shock not picture necessarily because once director happened I, I was figuring a lot of people on Twitter were figuring I, yeah. we asked the poll in that last commercial break what's going to win and two-thirds of the respondents said Parasite too and I predicted Parasite I don't understand how it could win the SAG have the acting branch behind it, have the directing branch behind it, have the script, you know, the, the writing branch behind it, and then not win best picture. That didn't make sense to me. The SAG win mattered yeah. a lot,
1: and Scott Feinberg, you know, really taught, he, he drove that home during uh, our yeah. last interview with him, and, and it, so that mattered. That was almost like a best pr- picture precursor win for Parasite. So that makes some sense. Uh, I would agree. I think the
0: director was the uh, scorched earth shock of the yeah. night. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I had that in my confidence rankings It's like, third. <laughs> Sam Mendes, I think, was a minus 5,000 favorite from the, the books. I have to watch Cats again now,
1: <laughs> because I basically wagered against myself, and I said, I will watch Cats again if these don't
0: come through. Uh, I mean, this is, I this really is stunning stuff. Cats. And this is, by the way, the second Oscars in a row, and I know we kind of already yeah. said they're worth, there was a big upset last year, but it wasn't an important category, but this is the second Oscars in a row, it's worth noting, where there was a monumental favorite going in that got upset we kind of figured something was going to rock the boat this year we kept hearing murmurs forever when we talked to that 1917 doesn't have as many fans in the academy as it seems to as people think i still thought it was going to overcome that but man, this is a big night this is a everybody that was on this movie from the start this is a big moment for you you get to celebrate i'm very happy for all of you i'm very happy this movie makes so many people happy it's
1: still one of your favorite filmmakers though I yes mean, that part last, is true that part of the true. last five years i mean this is a pick that uh that it's gonna be the cool pick for a while. Yeah. And we're really happy about that. But it's also a puzzler, too. I mean, based on what I, I know we've we've heard every argument in the books out there. Yes, you made your arguments, but it really was quite a discussion
0: and quite a debate going in. It had a ton of glass ceilings it had to break. And right. it did. I mean, credit to it and and God bless the people behind it. I wonder how much I wonder where the overcorrection came in I wonder where if there was an overcorrection to last year's outrage against Green Book I wonder if there was an overcorrection to the nominees this year and people voting making sure that they were voting progressively on their ballots I wonder if it was a reaction to the, the women filmmakers and so at least we're not going to give it to the white guy I, I don't know where it is but I, I'd be curious again it'd be wonderful if the Academy ever freaking released these numbers to us so we could see what's going on but, it would be wonderful I mean in my opinion it's just a better
1: movie than 1917 at the end of the day so there's I, a
0: lot of people that feel that way clearly <laughs> i hope a lot
1: of people saw the movie and a lot of people feel that way that would be the best case scenario and you don't have to have an over correction because of race or all these other issues right. on the table which exist and we got to be obvious about yeah. that so I, I i don't disagree with you i'm just saying it would be really cool if it if, was just merit-based if fucking you know martin scorsese's <laughs> Buddy, who's in the Academy, name, whoever his name is, just watched that movie, loved it, and voted for it because he loved
0: it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I wonder what the odds would have been to put something's going to sweep in major categories, what Parasite's odds would have been. Because I would have thought Hollywood sweeps before I thought Parasite was capable of sweeping. I thought Parasite was the prime Oscars puzzle thing where let's spread the love and make sure it gets something and not... And everything. You, yeah, I mean, you don't love the movie. Well, I, I'm just talking about just the, the, because of the glass ceilings that were on top of it. I'm not talking about my personal bias. I wouldn't have thought Parasite was walking away director and screenplay and picture. No way. Neither. And not production design, no, by the way.
1: Uh, I'm being hard on you, and hindsight is 2020. I guess is the uh, <laughs> freaking saying at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning when we record <laughs> this here. Uh, Oscar night. So, uh, yeah, you, you're right. You're right. And, and that's what I was starting to say before. I was making your argument before. Yeah. This was a heated debate. This was a good debate all throughout the run-up to this to this award show so i know that the you know the monday morning quarterbacking is going to say i told you all along <laughs> running around don't streaking. worry i won't be saying we're that <laughs> <laughs> the goat streaking we're flooding the place and we're streaking <laughs> they're going to be going nuts we're but going streaming that's
0: when you pee in know. someone else on someone else's oh, house oh that's right yeah. they're going to be reenacting so that it's going
1: to be all over tiktok or whatever fuck you idiots are doing now and what's a tiktok
0: i don't know either. big night big night Big for night. the Academy Awards, and Big Night, not only because of Parasite, Big Night for the Academy Awards show. I said to you at one point, wow, there's only three awards left to give out, and your brother turned to me and said, yeah, it's 11 o'clock. I was like, oh, damn, I thought this was a well-paced show. I thought this was the best Academy Awards in quite some time. We had so much fun. We yeah. really did. So we're going to talk about some programming
1: before we get into our the rest of our recap. We have got a, quite a, a thorough recap to go through here. But look, we wanted to uh, remind you guys that you know we make award season year round, and we do that in many ways with many formats. MMO Weekly is our ver- news and variety show where we cover all of the Hollywood world as well as some Oscar stuff. We did a a new weekly show this year as well called Oscar Race Checkpoint which we will continue uh, later this month covering a film festival or two, later this this, obviously this season.
0: Yeah, and ORC is much more than just film festivals and Oscar stuff because we talk about industry news, we talk about the guild fighting, the WGA, ATA thing going on we talk about, so be sure to turn into that. I think we're going to do like an upcoming
1: preview of the year of Netflix
0: and their mm-hmm. their new
1: slate that's going to come out with a special guest we're going to of course dive into our 100 percent accurate 2021 oscar predictions. i
0: can't even fathom attacking next year's film schedule we're going right to
1: take a couple <laughs> weeks and catch our breath so we're going to analyze this we'll for a week doing that around
0: december <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we're basically going to uh, we're gonna keep this train going.
0: Yeah, of course you get year-round movie reviews via the Oscar Sprint profiles that we do. We get movie event award shows where every time we have a movie of the moment, we try to give it its own award show since we don't think it'll pop up on awards night uh, per se, something like tonight. And we also have terrific guests joining us and jumping in to help uh, help us with some of the fun.
1: But we don't just review all new movies. We go back into Oscar history and of course our own Blu-ray and DVD. DVD. DVD collections, Mike, because we've done... I mean, six, seven rewatches series so, so far? Yeah. yeah, I mean the films of Pixar, Quentin Tarantino and the Joker character study were the three uh, most recent ones that we did. The year before that we did the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe Halloween, the, the Michael Myers slasher movie franchise. We may franchise. have to do that again
0: this year. Just again? Just do, <laughs> the, just the, do, the, do it all over do all again.
1: again. Mi- we did all the Mission Impossibles and we're keeping up with the Conjuring universe as well. We do other series that we, uh, we hit whenever we can like MMO interviews best original song half episodes guess the plot movie previews and of course you know, the self-made award shows like the Scaries for horror films in October and, of course, the Mike, Mike, and Oscars that we just debuted
0: our third annual one Yeah,
1: that our audience basically wrote 70% of the show
0: for. the Listener's Award Show. They it's make great. up the categories. We just award the awards. If they want us to, they could award them themselves and we'll just read them. And obviously, for this Oscars, we broke down the big Oscar categories from Best Picture on Down with opening interviews from expert guests on all of those. When We had our Gambling Prediction show. We had a special final preview with The Hollywood Reporter's Oscarologist Scott Feinberg for the second year in a row. We plan to break down the 92nd Academy Awards with the rest of our week's programming this week. And if things t- come together like we kind of hinted at already, hopefully we'll have a couple special guests for you there as well. Finally, at the end of
1: the show, guys, we're going to be announcing our next rewatch series. So stay tuned after the big recap here.
0: So let's start the big recap, Mike. How did this award show, the 92nd Academy Awards, begin? So Janelle
1: Monet puts on the red sweater and sings, Won't You Be My Neighbor, and belts it out. And it's really, it's adorable, it's wonderful. It made me happy right then and there, starting off on a positive note.
0: She got the night started with all the, hey, why doesn't blank person host? And yes, Chanel Monet would be a fantabulous host for the Oscars. Then she went into this song... Come Alive, where she had backup dancers that were all representing different costumes from different movies. I had fun picking out all the movies. Okay, but none of them were, like, nominated. Why? I get you're highlighting the movies that aren't there, but it's kind of weird that you don't exactly name them by name. It was still kind of cool. Yeah, it was. I liked, it was a good I visual. I like to see the
1: Us outfits. I like to see all the years, Halloween costumes, best Halloween
0: yeah, costumes. Yeah, I'm with you. It was a good visual. I just thought it was bizarre. But yeah, I thought the opening was, she can sing. My Lord, is she awesome.
1: She can sing. Yeah. Why did she put the microphone in front of Leonardo DiCaprio telling him the la la la? Did they not hear him sing The Green Door in that
0: movie? I would have... Preferred it being Leo the entire song, but Agreed. yeah. <laughs> no, it's terrible. I didn't want to imitate it. Too. The call and response part of all those shows, I hate, especially when it's just a room full of A-listers who, you know, kind of always have to shine for the camera anyway. Like, if you're going to do that, get it in front of Lin Manuel Miranda's face. You know, do right. something like that. Every time they showed the audience tonight yeah, reacting so to awkward. a musical performance,
1: it was clunky and awkward, except for the most awkward one, right. which was Martin Scorsese, which we all laughed at as a room. <laughs> yeah. As a room full of people, we laughed hard at because yes. he was immovable. and and Just, just
0: judging everything.
1: Yes. <laughs> judging and everything and everyone around him. Yeah, we'll get to the big surprise. <laughs> well, it's Eminem. You've seen this yes. show. Eminem, and he's just not moving. It's no. like, this is a theme park song. And
0: why would the director of this cut, which I thought this was well-directed, this show. Mm. One of the better ones for award season. I don't know why you decide to cut to the audience so much in some of these... Go to the master. Go to the artist. We don't need to see people nodding their head along. We know. We get it. Yeah, it's like watching your uncle, your aunt and uncle at the end of a family party start to get frisky. Do you want to see the audience at a fish concert or do you want to see fish you know (laughs) i don't think you want too much time with the audience frankly give me (laughs) look unless you're gonna give me the end of
1: bohemian rhapsody crowd right exactly then don't they just walked around a red carpet for hours having to talk they're exhausted and they
0: can't be themselves on camera anyway Thank you. Uh, Not, not, uh, yeah, not in that. Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, all that aside, I thought Janelle Monet was spectacular. Yes, I would love to see Janelle Monet host anything, but okay, Janelle Monet gave way to Chris Rock and Steve Martin, who presented the first award of the night, but also had some kind of biting commentary on what was going on with the Oscars. A
1: lot of, you know, in your face jokes. Uh, one of the. Easier
0: going ones was I love the first season of The Irishman. <laughs> that was good. from Chris Rock. The, whoever was sitting next seated next to Martin Scorsese did not appreciate that joke. She was not happy with that. She kind of like shook her head. I noticed that, but I I laughed. I thought it was funny. I it was yeah. funny too.
1: it's a long ass movie. Yeah, and it's, so a long, it's a long movie. It's a very movie. long movie. <laughs> it's a good
0: movie. It's a long ass movie. <laughs> Always good to see Chris Rock giving commentary on, on when Oscars are so white. He was actually the host of the Oscars so white year, so True. that was really cool. It was a comfortable spot for him. I don't know why we have to keep having these spots, but whatever. I guess if you're gonna do it have Chris rock come out to make fun of it at least uh, they gave way they introduced Regina King who presented the supporting actor trophy it was the first category of the night and Brad Pitt won of course so
1: we have a long montage about the nominees before announcing the yeah. the, 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 the the five nominees right that was the surprise because it was a how long of a montage was it? Was over two minutes. So the montage is two minutes, and then they announced the no- or no—the montage was one minute thirty-seven seconds. Yeah, and then, then they, they announced the, yeah, you're the right, names, you're right, you're right. and th- which was basically a ninety-second trailer before the names. The trailer was good, but we're like, we're
0: we're not. If they did that for every category. This yeah. would have been a five-hour show. We figured this was going to be a long
1: show, but it, it was cool, and it actually won me over as the night went along. Uh, in this
0: particular case. It was preamble for one of the better speeches we've heard in a while This might have been the best speech I've ever heard given at an award <laughs> show Brad Pitt gets up there in his awesome dudeness as he has all award season long and says they only gave me 45 seconds to give a speech and that's 45 more seconds than John Bolton got to testify this week so there's one uppercut then he's going in talking about uh, you know Quentin Tarantino he's talking about Leo he weaves in the movie's title it, it, it was just it was poetry by a beautiful man I loved everything about this speech
1: one of my favorite oscar podcasts is little gold men and i believe it was them when they, they for vanity fair they they said that you know you either go political with the speech or you be funny and Brad Pitt has gone funny, and Joaquin Phoenix has gone political, right? Just to give two examples of those kinds of speeches that really work, but either way, you gotta really prepare them, and he did both in this yeah, one speech yeah, after just going the one direction the entire time, so that, that was really fun. I love the fact that he he worked in being a kid, I mean, because he went sentimental as well. Yeah. He Being a kid, going to watch Butch and Sundance yeah. at the drive-in, and he ends the whole speech with the title of the movie he's winning so for, bad. because his whole life is like a fairy tale story
0: once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean, it was perfect. And he gives Quentin Tarantino shine. It kind of felt like he was like, putting Tarantino on this platform. I felt like a guy who kind of knew that that movie those hopes had kind of run stale and lost a little momentum, so we wanted to make sure Quentin got on camera. A lot of shout to Tarantino tonight, which I thought was kind of cool, but Brad Pitt, Speech of the Night for me. I agree. Animated
1: Feature Mike went to Toy Story 4, presented by Beanie Feldstein and Mindy Kaling.
0: And we high-fived. We did <laughs> high-five. We kind of danced in our seats yes. a little bit.
1: Look, the reason why that is that, that happened is because we did an entire Pixar Rewatch yeah. series. We built up the Toy Story 4 which means we loved it all the more and that's something that cool that our rewatch series have done for us Very, a, very every single time because yeah. even a movie like Joker which we didn't love upon first glance yeah. which we've studied more since then alright fine it, it brings out so much more in the, in the movie at the end of it. The it's movie at the end of the rainbow, absolutely,
0: you know? yeah, definitely more appreciation for it. And we were very high on Toy Story Four as well. We truly believed it was the best movie in that category, so we were very excited. And Correct. it was not a runaway by any means. Betting odds going into the show, both Klaus and Toy Story Four were even money. I mean, you pay hundred, you win hundred.
1: I was starting to get angry at, Kla- at Klaus. Yeah. How did your brother say I have to pronounce it?
0: House. Something. I don't
1: know. I watched the movie twice, yeah. and it's fine. It's like a B movie. It's fine, but there's I didn't. Find anything special about it, and it's just a preposterous narrative at the middle of the movie, definitely at the end of the movie. I don't know. Watch it on Netflix. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll have to watch it again, but. Fine, fine, fine. I like to kick losers when they're down, you see, <laughs> Good. because that argument's been bothering
0: me. Why did it surge and worry me for Toy Story I, 4? I don't, I don't have an answer to, to it either, but I, I don't understand Parasite. So, Mindy Kaling stayed out there, and I thought this was kind of cool, too. It gave me hope that, okay, we're not only not going to get a, a huge montage for each one of these, so that's hopeful, but we're also going to speed through some of these awards right. to provide better pacing and provide maybe some surprises, which we got. We talked about Eminem already. We will again. So, Animated Short was then given out and given to Hair Love. Six minutes and
1: 47 seconds on YouTube, people. Go and watch that and support these filmmakers. Matthew A. Cherry, who was in the NFL. Yeah. And this is the second uh, athlete-turned-animated-film writer or director who's won an Oscar in recent years, yeah. Everett um, Downing Jr., Bruce W. Smith also involved, and, of course, Issa Rae voicing it.
0: I was mad at myself for forgetting that that big headline happened where Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union were bringing the student as their guest to the Oscar as yeah. part of the Hair Love contingent, sweet. Uh, which I think was a great idea by them and a great uh, gesture by them as well. So from there, we had Josh Gad coming up, presenting Adina Menzel for the performance of Into the Unknown. and Not only was it Dina Menzel singing, but it was also different voice actresses or singers who portray the Elsa character for different countries. Someone like Lisa Stoke from Norway, and Anna Buterina, I've, my apologies if I mispronounce that, from Russia, and Carmen Sarahi from Spain. So this moment was supposed to land big. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really land for me. I'm with you. I, I like the. I think the idea was better than the execution. I, think the, I really like the idea behind it. The idea I think is it was cool. something sure. lacking for me in the, the performance, but Adina Menzel always a treat to hear sing. I was fine mm-hmm. with it, but
1: I I would have liked to see her carry the whole song through. I guess because yeah. she's such a star. Forever. Yeah, I'm with
0: you, or at least have Adam Sandler up there to sing along with you and duet. <laughs> Howard roles. Ratner, yeah, play her roles from During Gems. Into the <laughs> Unknown, that would be is Into the Unknown. That's how some, I get into the unknown. Some
1: people find Into the Unknown very annoying. <laughs> Like, it's the most annoying, best original song in a while. Yeah, And if he
0: was up there with the... Oh, my God. It would have been perfect. (laughs) Uh, We come back from commercial Kelly Marie Tran. She comes out and she introduces Keanu Reeves and Diane Keaton two things about this one kelly marie tran more lines at the oscars than in the last star wars movie that's a cheap shot but it's true it's also true yeah it's a a cheap shot for a reason so nice to see her and she had some some more camera time later on where she was dancing grooving along to the song so that was cool to see keanu reeves and diane keaton
1: so here's the here's the thing about cutaways just can i
0: pause Yeah, yeah sorry if you're gonna
1: have a cutaway it has to be to that person who's on the jumbotron during the basketball yeah. game doing the crazy mm-hmm. dance if they're not doing that don't
0: cut away like kelly
1: marie tran is doing the crazy dance yeah. she's really into it okay cut
0: away i agree but you gotta know i agree you can't just show martin scorsese sitting there like a statue and you can't just show like you know someone you know moving their shoulders Tom Hanks, god bless him but nodding his head along yeah uh, diane keaton was a sight to behold she um, she struggled a little bit up there. Yeah, she, to be honest. Did. she struggled a little Weird. bit. And it was nice. Keanu was really being professional. He tried to save the segment. I thought he did it sometimes. She almost opened the envelope early, which would have been not the worst thing we've seen on the Oscar stage as far as mistiming and mispronouncing the winners, I guess. The was, Moonlight La La Land thing. Yeah,
1: she was nervous. That guy, the moment got to her. I guess you know people are human. I guess. Yeah. But, Yeah. It was it was strange to see her up there, just really having trouble the whole time. Yeah. And at the end, she's bumping into all the people.
0: Yeah. It was. What the hell? It was. It was awkward. I hope she's okay. Uh, <laughs> Parasite did end up winning original screenplay. Bong Joon Ho gets up there. He's grabbing his first Oscar ever. Han Jin
1: Wan also gave a gave a shout out to Chin Mudo, yeah. which is like the South Korean Hollywood. Again, they've been kicking ass for years. This was cool cinema like back when I was in high school and going to Blockbuster when I was in film school. I mean, this was fun to just dive into years ago. So go watch all of these
0: uh, South Korean filmmakers, people. They're, they're awesome. Agree. And I want to rewatch watch too. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. The night moved right along. There wasn't a lot of downtime in between the speeches ending and the next awards or presentations coming out. Timothy Chalamet and Natalie Portman, they came out to present adapted screenplay. There was go back and forth about this, we didn't know, would it be JoJo, would it be Little Woman? It ends up being JoJo Rabbit.
1: So Timothy Chalamet number one is playing like the beginning of the biopic of Ferrari. Heading up to Ford v. Ferrari, but it's in an archie comic, Mike. Because the collar is <laughs> popped, bro. And that's a shiny, zipped up jacket. I, I wish I could just pull off something that Timothy yeah. Chalamet
0: wears once in my life. I wish anything I could have to relate to Timothy Chalamet and that beautiful luscious hair that he has it's that sits atop his head.
1: Pure jealousy speaking <laughs> right now. We are boxes for men. I am a one shaped box, you're another yeah. shaped box. We could not. Shout, shout
0: out Natalie Portman as well. She was on the red carpet. She had the names of all women directors that got snubbed as part of her like overhaul or her shawl or whatever it was walking on the red carpet. That was cool. and you know She's also notable for making that shout out at the Golden Globes yeah. a couple years ago. So cool to see that. Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi comes up. He accepts the award. Kind of a juxtaposition. I thought Taika was, was taken aback. You could see how much he really appreciated the moment. But I think for a minute it's not usually lost for words he was kind of lost for words and it was a big moment I, I especially because Bong Joon-ho right before him for original screenplay seemed so calm and collected which I was surprised at but good for both of them obviously yep. yeah all of you out there, watch Eagle versus
1: Shark and then that guy won Best Original Screenplay. Like, Go back and watch one of his first movies. It's wild to see that. It's another filmmaker who I've been, I've been, I've been in love with his movies for years and it's really cool to see. I didn't want him to win this award. I wanted Greta Gerwig yeah. to win it. We, we were both on the record that we thought that was the best adapted screenplay of the year. Yeah. But when you think about Degree of Difficulty, which is something high on your rubric Very much. every episode, this book is about Nazism, it's about sexual slavery, it's about attempting suicide it's about the darkest depravity of humanity correct yeah and he makes it into a wes anderson comedy that actually works as a satire that works as an uplifting film that works as you know this movie that really can dance along the genre lines there and he pulls it off somehow in both our opinions
0: so we're we're, you know again that degree of difficulty comes through i think Greta, we wanted to just to represent, to kind of spit in the face of the director category for not having a because she true. deserved to be there. But but we we gushed over that screen. That's that's though, what I time. like. I'm trying to say I don't think there was a loser here between yeah. Greta and jo- and with YTT I think either one is very much deserving of winning because I, of the degree of difficulty, especially.
1: I think I've been a little tunnel visioned more on Greta Gerwig's screenplay because yeah. I think I studied it a little bit more than Jojo Rabbit. But I think if you look at what Chasing Skies is as a book, and then you see what he did with it, and How he restructured kind of Act 1 of Chasing Skies into Act 1 and Act 3 of the book. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, Of the movie rather, excuse me. He took act one of the book and he, and he stretched that out to three acts. It is, it's pretty amazing. And he changed all the ages. It's totally different. It's it's great. It's
0: basically an original screenplay, but right, yeah, <laughs> different conversation for a different day. <laughs> we go to Shia LaBeouf and Zach Godzagan coming out, both from the Peanut Butter Falcon, obviously, to present live action short that goes to the neighbor's window.
1: Yeah, we both love the Peanut Butter Falcon. It yeah. was really cool to see them up there. I think, you know, he was nervous too, but for him to pull Get that off. a great off, job. For him to pull that off yeah. is
0: just phenomenal. What a what a great actor he was. What a freaking that talent movie. he is too. And Shia LaBeouf kind of take you could see Shia LaBeouf taking a step back and letting sick and have all the applause. That was a great gesture by what, him. What a courageous
1: person! Absolutely, awesome yes. job all the I way mean, around. Never being at an event like that before. How how do you
0: in front of all those A plus listers oh my God. on one of the biggest years, deepest years for movies ever? That was a it was Di- phenomenal. Diane Keaton, who's been to a hundred
1: yeah. of these things, is is having a hard time you know, in her presentation, and this kid... And he's he's just doing a great job. Very well
0: said. Uh, The Neighbor's Window, you changed your pick to that.
1: I changed my pick in the last episode, if you're keeping count. And at this point in the show, I'm 6-for-6,
0: so I'm feeling good. At this point. Yeah, you had had a hot start. You couldn't have gotten out of the blocks any better than you did. Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig came out to present a couple awards, first of which being Production Design, which I was keeping a close eye on because I thought this would have a lot to say about Best Picture. Before we go about how Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did win Production Design... Meyer Rudolph and Kristen Wiig should host everything forever, always, or at least have their own half-hour sitcom. They're really funny,
1: and and the dresses, the unique dresses yeah. they were wearing were, you know. Again, we as we watch more and more of these Oscars, we are not fashionable men. Like not I said, at all. we're boxes. So I'm wearing an X Men t shirt right if now. If you can make, yeah, we we wanted comfy clothes for the Oscar because it's a work party, really. right? It's a work party, so we're not glamorous yet, yet. But if you can glamorize us, we'd appreciate it. But for now, Michael. We're two schlubs analyzing production and costume design here, <laughs> and those dresses were blew me away. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood winning production design gave you a lot of hope at this point in the It gave card. me
0: hope, but it was also like, wow, I, I have this written down on my notes. I feel like these categories are being picked on merit, and there's not a lot of Oscars puzzle theory going on, because like I said, I didn't think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had a chance at winning Best Picture, really. I really didn't And when the night began, but... Because I didn't think that, I didn't think it would win this at all. I thought this would be a show of strength category and go to either Parasite or 1917. So when that didn't happen, and Parasite did win original screenplay before it, I was like, wow, they're really just awarding these categories to who they think. Maybe this, this widening academy is finally having some real impact for the first time since it started happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, the narrative was with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood there. I yeah. mean, look, all three of those movies, Parasite built its own house. It's a
0: pretty involved house. You had I thought Parasite you, was winning this category, frankly. You had,
1: yeah, you had 1917 with everything being, you know, walked out. The barracks and the trenches. Yeah, but the, in yeah. Just terms of the size yeah. and scale awesome. of everything, you, you have to t- literally time it to fit the pacing of the film because it's all one take. Yeah. So I think that that was, uh, talk about degree of difficulty. No kidding. Yeah. God, the way uh, that looked. But anyway. I mean, I don't know which one you award in terms of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They basically took Hollywood and de-aged it. This was a bad year for de-aging people, Mike, <laughs> from the Irishman, which I did not like in terms of the, you know that de-aging as I've been on the record for. What was the other de Oh, Florence yeah. Pugh. Florence Pugh yes. was the other de-aged anybody's, <laughs> and she did not
0: look 13. No, well... She's a, she is a grown woman. <laughs> yeah, of it's course. It's tough to, so yeah, it's it did, tough it to didn't, hide. It didn't work, but right. they de-aged the hell out of the city of Hollywood. Yes, they certainly did. Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph stayed out there for costume design as well with another great bit where they just decided to sing it to prove that they could do musicals. That was their mm-hmm. whole shtick. Acting yeah. and trying to prove they could do drama and musicals and blah, blah, blah. Maya Rudolph landing on You Can Leave Your Hat On.
1: <laughs> right at the end, I was starting to roll my eyes a little bit and then she just made me laugh
0: really hard. Has she said a sentence that I haven't genuinely laughed at in the past 10 years? She, she is she's hysterical. Funny. She's the funniest actress in that uh, Wine Country movie this
1: year on Netflix. She's She should be in more stuff. Yeah. Why
0: isn't she in that stuff? That's that's a simple way to put it. A simple answer from me. Yes, she should. Uh, Jacqueline Duran does win costume design for Little Women, so we do see a split between costume design and adapted screenplay between JoJo and Little Women. It's kind of sad here that Little Women gets the one
1: win for costumes. You know, the one movie that was like a shining example of feminist storytelling, but also just, you know, everybody can relate to it. I mean, we've talked about it the most relatable film of the year for us. Agreed. How can that be That's possible crazy. as, you know, 21st century men, you know, looking back at 18th century women?
0: And yet at the same time. I didn't think those two categories would be split. I thought one of those movies was going home empty handed. Right. I predicted they both go to JoJo Rabbit. So I'm, I'm happy in that respect because it does deserve to be an Oscar winner. But
1: to give the only right. award for right. That, right. that kind of movie the, I'm with the
0: costumes, it's the lady award. Shame. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm with you. Even though I love the costumes. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It deserves certainly more. No question about that. You were on fire at this point. You had yet to miss. We go to Chrissy Metz from This Is Us coming out to sing the song I Stand With You from Breakthrough. My Lord, did she knock this out of the park. I didn't know she could sing like that. Apparently neither did Diane Warren, who gave an interview to Yahoo a couple days before the Oscars, saying she didn't want Chrissy Metz to sing the song because she didn't think Chrissy Metz could sing.
1: Powerful voice, and she belted it out. One of the best performances of the night. I think we'll get to the best performance, which of course is Cynthia Erivo. But yeah. I think uh, I, I, that was one of the best of the night. That I, was... I was. I was. I would not have bet if I. Okay, I was betting which would be the best original song performance. All right, maybe Erivo, but probably Adina Menzel because she. Yeah. Up.
0: No. No. Easily. Yeah. And I would agree. Stage That's scene. what she does. Agree. And props to Chrissy Metz. I almost wonder if she got herself a whole new line of work from this one performance because I don't know that a lot of people, I mean if Diane Warren, who is Miss Hollywood Original Song, doesn't didn't know you could sing, I wonder who else didn't know and now realizes it's so good for Chrissy Metz and boy did she kill it. We didn't know she can sing and hopefully some of the
1: casting agents didn't know Maya Rudolph can be funny at right, every single Oscars yeah. so the bit actually played into real life there, at least for a few of us.
0: We had a montage talking about the documentary feature category over the past years. Greta Thunberg was there. She opened and up the montage mark ruffalo did come out to present and he also made notice that four of the nominees in this category were directed or co-directed by women big standing ovation for that big moment for that i thought that was one of the moments of the night american factory the obamas are now oscar winners and i did change this pick you as did. well so i stay perfect
1: at this point in you the night. did yeah i'm starting to feel myself a little bit at literally this point. his hands were on his nipples i uh I, I don't I'm not proud of it Mike where'd your shirt go they're talking about serious things on the screen <laughs> documentary feature. <laughs> And, I'm yeah. Right. I thought you
0: telling Greta Thunberg to F off because I'm the man now was a little much, but what? that's fine.
1: <laughs> I can't even go with that shtick any further. But look, I mean, American Factory's a rough watch, but it's a movie that makes you think, and you think about it long after viewing it. I've been on the Forsama train for a while after it lost the Indie
0: Spirit. I kind of figured it wasn't going to How this. about the weekend for those, the American Factory uh, directors there? Yep. Indie Spirits, they gave a heartwarming speech, this one. I thought they did a really good job, and I thought every winner tonight really did a great job of recognizing their co-nominee, and then talking making a grander point about the industry at large really thought these were I, I loved this Oscars through and through I thought this was a great show through and through in previous Oscars, I was getting on people for yeah.
1: speeches, just reading off a yep. piece of paper. I don't know if they got bored with it or what was going on. Maybe we had more technical sweeps Could last be. Yeah, year. I knows? have to look at the card again and refresh my memory.
0: I can't remember breakfast. Too many rewatch <laughs> series in a row,
1: too many movies seen and analyzed.
0: But uh, this particular year, the speeches as a whole yeah. were the best of the three years since I we've I am been with it. you, and I underline everything you said. Mark Ruffalo stayed out there to present documentary short to... Learning to skateboard in a war zone. Parentheses. If you're a girl, another great speech. This time by director Carol Dysinger, who gave this speech about how Frank Capra gave her an Academy Award to hold a couple uh, four decades ago when he had it, and she yeah. said, "I thought I was on the fast track to movie making." Thank God I had that behind me to propel me because that got me through these next four decades in the industry. And that really hit home to me. Just you always hear about the woman's struggle. We comment on it ourselves, but we can only add so much perspective being who we are to see that come out of this accomplished filmmaker's mouth. Who's been in this industry this long, who just now is kind of getting recognition for this. I mean, not that she doesn't deserve it earlier. That's kind of the point I'm making is that she does and she doesn't. And we don't know how many of these types of filmmakers are out there. We've been given this branch overall. So yeah. some business. We've been giving them the business. Deservedly the, so.
1: They, they're not <laughs> picking the happier movies. Yeah. They're picking the issue movies in many cases. But they, they're picking
0: strong films. Look, I, I loved the mountain climbing movie last year mm-hmm. with Free Solo as well. By the way, that's where we're at with our brains right now. Free solo at this point in this recording is the mountain climbing movie from last year. It's the mountain climbing
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I do think this is a particular winner that you can really get behind. You can watch it on A&E On Demand. And in a short speech, this short filmmaker... Yeah tells a story and in that short film she really weaves in a nice story through through it i think it's like 25 30 minutes i forget but it, it it's, it's it's a strong watch it's half touching and it's half serious and it's and it's half happy i guess yeah. there's three halves yeah. Oh wow we're shocked that's what i am made out of yeah big uh, man <laughs> where was i going with that i'm just going i'm doing a renee Zellweger. um no, Accepted speech. You, right. Well, no,
0: I guess you don't have to talk with the twang tonight if you're doing the Renee Zellweger. But at previous nights you. Would have I wanted
1: to. to say about the documentary branch as a whole that so many of them are like starving artists. They yes, they they do it struggling. for the love. They yeah. do it for the love. But we're starting to get a documentary film boom we're getting a documentary film boom where Netflix is buying a lot of them. They're making more at the box office than ever before. The specialty box office has been booming. So hopefully these career documentary filmmakers don't have to be so sad because they'll be making more money and they can pick the <laughs> happier pick once in a while at the Oscars. No, I'm kidding. But I, I, I hope for a lot
0: of these career documentary filmmakers that it's, it's a better living. They're able to do this for right. a career. Right. That's yep. what we hope because these stories are worthwhile to be told. I do want to give a Shout out, Carol Dysinger with co-director Elena Andrekiva. My apologies again if I mispronounced that, but she was also on stage. Uh, gave a cute little quick speech as well. But again, a On Demand has this right yep. now. They have the rights to this, so they must have paid for them. That's a good sign. Yeah, I agree. I agree, agree with everything you said. I think that's a fantastic point you just made. Mahershala Ali was out next to present Supporting Actress. This is a shock. It went to Margot Robbie. Uh, it went to Laura Dern. It always <laughs> has gone to Laura Dern. Of course, this time it was going to Laura Dern as well. She was uh, hugging that statue pretty tight, Mike. She had a grip. I, her knuckles were white, and I'm sure she was very excited, and that's all it was. But she was not. You would have had to roll her over with, like, hit her with a bus or something to get that out of her hand at that moment. I'm happy for her. Yeah, I,
1: I think she's winning this award for the wrong movie in her filmography.
0: agree. However,
1: what else is new for the Academy? They've always done this. And she's
0: an Oscar winner. Right? I mean, she deserves to be an Oscar winner. Yes, she does. Just not based on this performance, but fine. If this is getting her her first one, she deserves to have it already. And I think we both...
1: Agree that Marriage Story is a special film. It, it is. had moments throughout awards yeah, season, yeah, and Goblin it deserves. Awards, yeah, at the end, it Independent Spirits last night, and it needed some award here tonight. Alan Alda said something so interesting on awards chatter, that podcast uh, about Marriage Story, that the movie was was about divorce but structured as a love story. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was right on. I thought that was dramatic irony basically put into words. And I, I think that's the way the movie flowed. I, that's something I'd never really, you know, whittled down to that simple of yep. a
0: principle right Concept, there. Concept, yeah. They that's, nailed that. That's why Alan Alda is Alan Alda, the man has done the business for six decades. Yeah, he's okay. I also would like to see the spin-off cinematic universe building of just Ray Liotta's character's day-to-day life from that movie. I am obsessed with him. So there's a Benoit Blanc cinematic yeah, universe, yeah. and there's a the Ray <laughs> the Liotta. Ray Liotta, I charge $1,000 an hour as a divorce lawyer cinematic <laughs> universe. Yeah, that's who I want. I thought Laura Dern gave a very, very nice speech as well. Some say never meet your heroes, but I say if you're really blessed, you get them as your parents. It was a really touching moment, and then my lord, the camera cuts to Diane Ladd, who Ew. is just in tears, swelling with pride. You could see, looking at her daughter, grasping her first Oscars. I and mean, that was that was a big moment, I think. You want to know what Ray Liotta's name in of course the marriage story is? Jay Marotta. Yeah, well, that's a stretch, right? <laughs> How does Hollywood keep doing it? She Marotta? maroda Leota and <laughs> Whatever. And by the way, if you didn't see the Indie Spirit Awards, where the LA Gay Men's Choir comes out and gives their, their moments in, of the year, oh, where Laura Dern was heavily involved, I won't spoil it for you, but go seek that out on YouTube. I was heaving laughing. So that funny. was really funny. Anthony Ramos came back, welcomed us back from commercial. He's going to be in Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights this summer. He yes. introduced Lin-Manuel Miranda, who presented a video package about songs which are tied into movies and vice versa two things about this one a lot of people presenting people who presented people in this award show a lot of people got
1: their face on yes. screen at the industry's biggest night so on the, on the one hand, that's cool
0: yeah and it, it's good when it works and yep. when you write some good copy yeah i agree with everything you just said and it happened to i mean tonight they were on there. they B's and Q's, whatever that saying is involving those letters, they had that covered. (laughs) So they did a great job of that tonight, but I would be very wary about... And George McKay kind of made a joke about it at the very end of the night, knowing they were running long, about how it's just people introducing... Like, I would be worried about doing that and relying on that too much. Absolutely could have went wrong, I agree. And then we go to this video package, tying in all these movies, we were sitting here wondering yeah it's cool it's a great video package but kind of what's the point what is this going to lead towards and then i didn't know eminem was performing but this leads towards eminem we see the track from eight mile him walking out on the stage we thought well that was kind of weird stage lifts up eminem's there ready to sing lose yourself i had goosebumps i had goosebumps too and i had
1: goosebumps with the montage as well because yeah. it was a great montage we did how many orig- best original song half a yeah we did like 14 of those we or are something? suckers for music we, even though we don't know anything about, them. we love that format. No, we know nothing. Those are just us being idiots. Right. Those episodes—they're all a half hour, forty-five minutes. Us being idiots singing badly. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, speak for yourself. There. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, so the, I really loved that montage in particular. And then you're right; it was the long, drawn-out. And we're like, wait a minute—they're not showing the good part of the song. Yeah. Right? Why are they not? They didn't showing even the good play.
0: Lose Yourself. They were playing Don't You Forget About Me. They were playing all these songs that were intertwined with these scenes, and then they get to Eminem, and, and it was it's like, like an orchestral the undertone. Yeah, It's like
1: the walk-up to the ring for a wrestler, yeah. it, but it's not. we don't get the the big moment. And then, of course, that we were happily surprised. My
0: 2002 teenage angst years took over. I was screaming out, F yeah! F yeah! Without the, the yeah, F the word
1: instead. We're dating ourselves a little bit here, but this was kind of cool for us, because we grew up with this
0: song, no question. I would like, we talked about this in the moment. If these are the surprises the Oscars are capable of, which of course they are, everybody goes to them. That's anybody in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Do this. Do this more. Again, it's risky because it could go Agreed. so wrong.
1: Agree. Like if somebody really struggle. And, but and, and is Eminem and,
0: gonna struggle? No way. Was that microphone? Mike in seemed and out? to screw up at the very beginning. Yes, or that was, seemed like a problem. Was he losing his voice? I don't know I, what was. Yeah, happening. I wouldn't. I would be surprised if it was that. It did seem like there was a trouble with the microphone because he finished strong. Like if he it did. was his voice, he'd he be did. finished. So, but yeah, I'm with you. It, it, it's very untenable, I think. But. You still have access to all these A-listers that are going to be there. You can get a couple surprises like this. We went from, all right, we have to cut
1: like three original songs Mm -hmm. to not only are we going to let all the original songs perform,
0: but we're going to add like four more musicals. Yeah, 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 great point. And then to follow Eminem, kind of this musical montage out of nowhere, we had Oscar Isaac and Salma Hayek presenting the sound editing category. First loss for me. (laughs) Fucking sound editing. The streak was over. I'm going to have a grudge against you the rest of my life. No, of course, of course I deserve to lose this. I deserve it. And surprisingly, 1917 didn't win. It was Ford v. Ferrari who ends up winning sound editing. This was the first indication that something might be up with 1917 for the night. I did think 1917
1: was going to sweep. Yeah. I probably should have looked more into the guilds. Cause I look, I knew the guild went Ford v. Ferrari. I knew Ford v. Ferrari had some support right. uh, throughout award season. But I, I thought that 1917 wave was really, you know, crashing hard. Here I think I lost because I don't know what sound editing is after studying (laughs) it for years, literally two years. I got to read more, I guess. Now, of course, I think it's the creation of sounds, and the other one's the integration of sounds. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. All right. Editing is the creation. That was given to us recently by a listener. Yeah.
0: I, I, I should
1: have wrote her name down. But listen, <laughs> your maxim was super catchy and I remembered there it. There you go. So That's the first you. step. No
0: miracles here. Remember it first. We'll worry about using it in practice later on. <laughs> this was the first category where something weird happened that the Academy kept doing throughout the night. I get you want to drive people to see these films. But for mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. video package of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the sound editing category, they gave away the last scene the last impactful scene of the movie. <sighs> They've done this in the past. I
1: wish they would stop doing yep, it. Yeah, they did they did it often tonight. Because like it's like this whole practice is to give the movie a trailer. Right. But are people that apprehensive to movies where they need to be shown the entire movie before they can commit to actually seeing it? I mean, we
0: saw it 1917, we saw it Joker, we saw it Parasite, we saw it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We saw every major movie ending. have their ending given away. At least the big twist yeah. in a couple movies. I mean, I, I don't think that could be
1: it. I, th- it's so weird because are the Oscars just to play for the people who've seen all the movies and the they nerds like be. us? Of course they're they not. Of course they're trying to cast a wider net. No. Of course they're trying to show these long montages to advertise the films. <laughs> yeah. That's half the, you know, they have the to fun for a best picture nominee and half the, the fun in terms of, you know, making more money for these studios to be able to exhibit for a three hour show that everybody
0: in the industry who cares about the industry watches. So why give away the ending? I'm with you. Uh, your lips to God's ears. I thought it was a curious decision, and I would not be advocating for it anymore. Obviously, like I said, they did do it a couple times tonight with the biggest of the big movies, so curious choice there. Salma Hayek stayed back out. She presented sound mixing. This one did go to 1917, so 1917 goes one for two in the sound categories. And we're thinking it's going gonna, gonna to start to turn back for what one, 1917 cinematography's coming up. We said leading into this show, well, 1917 doesn't need to win both ca- sound categories. We won't discount it for best picture sure if it doesn't but in the moment it felt kind of whoa why didn't 1917 win both song categories Not winning
1: production design after being, you know, a late breaker Mm -hmm. in that category and a lot of people's picks for it, and then not winning both sound categories definitely should have been a louder uh, warning sign than even we were considering at the time.
0: Immediately after that award is wrapped up, Randy Newman, as if formed by pure energy and the need to sing to cartoons, just kind of appears out of nowhere behind a (laughs) piano. (laughs) I can't <laughs> let you do your thing. No, I did a better conversation. I
1: sang that whole song with him you in the room. It was and quite the sight. It was pr- one of my better moments of the year. You know where you guys were laughing. I didn't overdo it. I, I said I said this. I sang the whole song. I didn't sing the whole song. I tastefully sang the beginning of the song. <laughs> let them laugh, and then I kind of nodded along. And I just I just felt triumph. Did the there. George
0: Costanza? You always leave them wanting more. Coming back from commercial, Utkarsh Ambudkar. My apologies if that's the mispronunciation, but he performed a recap rap. I like the idea of getting new blood in there. And having them have a moment and a platform to do something kind of unique, I don't know that the Oscars need a recap, anything of any sort at any point. Unless, or maybe I guess I could I could agree with a highlight video like the NBA draft. But other than that. He did a great job. He he's
1: a he's a really terrific actor, young actor in his own right. Again, a chance for a newcomer. All in favor. of Who's it. very self aware yep. in that moment, and he, whether it's written in or whether he, but he, and he's and he's unfazed. So he just goes out there, performs his ass off, nails it. He's, uh, he's in Brittany Runs a Marathon, I I believe, this year. Yep. He's done a lot of good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll watch him in movies for years to come. And he got his big in, intro, at least to the mainstream audience tonight. Those
0: a guys. lot of shots taken at the Academy, too, every step of the way tonight. And I loved it. I think, it, it, I mean, when you, you deserve it. it, when you, you deserve criticism, it. you deserve criticism. Especially from those who you have oppressed. I'm sorry. If you're oppressing minorities in the way that the acting categories did this year... Uh, Steve Martin probably said it best, which I know is a weird thing to say, having a white guy be at the forefront of it, but like 1929, there were zero African-American acting nominees, and yeah. in 2020, now we have one. What progress? And yes, he said it's tongue-in-cheek and sarcastically, but... My God, what a problem that is. So, yes, good job by everyone who Man, took this. shots. they were showing
1: Cynthia Erivo in the front. She wasn't laughing, yeah. though. so it, it, It's still, and it, it, of course it's a touchy subject. Yeah. Of course it's a freaking issue. We've been screaming about it,
0: too, and it's it's, it's not fair. It's not right. Absolutely. Uh, to lighten things up, though, on a lighter note, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will uh, Ferrell, they came out to present a couple categories. The first one was cinematography. This one, amazingly, went to you and me and not Roger Deakins. I couldn't believe they did that. I didn't even know they knew <laughs> our names, but Roger Deakins won cinematography. Of
1: course, Roger Deakins won cinematography. We're
0: we're happy for him.
1: I was hee-haw laughing. Pretty pretty well. How at is this that movie bit? getting
0: middling reviews that they're in? Downhill. Down,
1: down, down downfall, downhill? Whatever.
0: Downfall is the Hitler movies, so probably not That's that one. Right. <laughs> Look, I'm
1: an easy laugh at this point because they're making me laugh throughout. We are laughing a lot yes. at the jokes we are making, like I just said. I'm feeling great after my Randy Newman joke. <laughs> and we were playing a blockbuster board game, a trivia board game, in during the commercial yes. breaks, which we're having a blast doing with, with our brothers. So at the, we're we're yucking it up and this one particularly made was i
0: was crying they were Playing the role of out of touch A-listers who think they know everything, and saying the jo- role of a cinematographer is to prepare the sandwiches for all the cast and crew <laughs> with the biggest and most confidence. They sold it so yeah, hard. Did. When you like your jokes thoroughly explained, that's what Mike Mike and Oscar
1: <laughs> does for you here. Probably should
0: have the rant. Award that. season year-round and jokes thoroughly, thoroughly investigated.
1: Like <laughs> Big Sick warned us <laughs> of.
0: They stayed out there to present best. Film editing, and this was the biggest red flag thus far. We so thought this is the point
1: in the night where you're like, strikes against 1917 mm-hmm. before yeah. strike against Parasite now because it does not win editing. It goes to Ford v Ferrari. 1917 misses the 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 category completely. It's yep. not even nominated here. Sound
0: category and production design goes to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So now at this point, I'm like, at least ah. it's open. It's open. Yeah, it's There's a path, which was. I think important. I don't know if the Academy knows which way the Oscars are going to go before they line up. I don't know if they truly don't know until the envelopes are released. And by the way, there was no Price Waterhouse Cooper segment this year that was celebrating the accountants and what a great job they did. Why don't we give them a round of applause? <laughs> thought that was curious as well. But I don't know if the Academy knows, but I, I, I think it's good in for them that they had these three films with pads to a best picture at the end of the night if that happened by happenstance then it was a great coincidence
1: you know just to go back to your point though i i think it's important to look at the formula they went at tonight more stars yep more songs more new faces more speeches Mm -hmm. they didn't cut off many speeches yeah, it, it, and rather than do the self-aggrandizing other montages, they worked it into the actual nominees
0: yeah, for I, the
1: categories. I
0: agree. Something about tonight worked and worked very well in this room that we were in. I saw some people criticizing it on Twitter. I know it wasn't for everyone. But having done this and having to sat behind these microphones at this time of night for the last three years, Dude, it, this it, was far it, and away it's the It's by one. far the best of the yeah. th- last three Oscars in our opinion at this Without moment, question. So. Uh, We had David Rubin, the president of the Academy, coming out to present Tom Hanks, and this was a big moment for the Academy because they have been working so hard so long on this Academy Museum, and Tom Hanks makes a couple jokes talking about how Brad Pitt was working on the rooftop with a shirt off. Colin Jost got a shout-out. I don't know why, but that's good for him. ScarJo's significant other, and then they made the announcement that the Academy Museum will be open in December of 2020, finally, after much, much ado. So the guy gets the presidency and
1: boom the museum gets yeah. finished and boom the oscars are cool yeah and, and
0: that's that's fun that's a he's he's riding a wave he might be the biggest winner on the night i agree with you. Opinion. i think that's a fantastic point uh yeah david rubin big night for him overall anyway zazzy
1: beats comes out and she introduces the conductor of the i don't know the bottom orchestra there the extra orchestra He has this terrific improv mic, and she stops, and like she she forgets his name, and she goes, oh my god, I'm really nervous, I'm sorry, and he says, I often have that effect on people (laughs) without missing a beat. I thought he was like, you know, honoree for MVP of the night with that. Should have had
0: a saxophone player start playing behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great job. Uh, We lead into Cynthia Arrivo performing. Holy shit. A stand-up. Is that the name of the song? Yes. My... God, what a performance. The choir along with
1: her, and and she's belting it out, and she's very emotional. I mean, she's giving like a Gaga
0: performance singing the song, but it's like a character performance. And she looked magnificent. I mean, she looked like a statue in the way Glenn Close did last year. She looked like her own award. She, oh my God, that dress was beautiful. Her voice, th- all the performances tonight. I was really impressed. With. I mean, Randy Newman's Randy Newman, but I was still very impressed with all the performances tonight. I think they were also winners. I have so many winners from tonight. Seven or eight songs. They all played pretty yeah. well. Even though the
1: Randy Newman was, was played kinda, well, in the room. yeah, it played well. It's a little silly. I was, you know, I did an impression. I got some laughs. <laughs> like I, met, like I meant Oh, did you? That? I didn't
0: hear yeah, yeah, that. All right, I'm glad moment, you brought that right.
1: up. Well, You're a blind squirrel. <laughs> anyway, VFX. This was so funny my god so i mean they could have just trashed the movie right they well, really they could've. did. They did, but they really could have leaned into it. But right. instead, they just like leaned into the comedy of being cats.
0: Showing up, I, I don't think they, could, they had to mention the movie at all. I think sh- just showing up in the outfits that James Corden and Rebel Wilson showed up, and as their characters from Cats, I think would have been enough. Because people were already laughing. But they do make a joke about it and say, having been in the movie Cats, we know the importance of having good visual effects. Big uproarous <laughs> laugh throughout yeah. the theater, which was a big moment. Because the, co- the cats' costumes they're wearing are ridiculous. And the, the hand placement from James James Corden is hilarious. They came back from the video montage of the nominees and they just started <laughs> batting the microphone stand oh as it was going up and down. That was the hardest laugh I had all, light, all night. You were losing it. That like, was the stupidest thing. Yeah. You were losing it like me at Dolomite. <laughs> and then I was watching you you were
1: laughing harder. Oh my
0: God, that was so funny. We are
1: dorks, basically is what we're trying to say. Anyway, VFX goes to 1917 and we're starting to think the momentum shifting yeah. back towards 1917. It's picking up some more the technicals it needs to win yeah
0: All right. so that was a big notch in its belt maybe it's going to be back on track for best picture we're going to transition and go to ray romano and sandra oh they came out they presented makeup and hair we heard the stat from scott feinberg a couple days ago yeah. about how a non-best Picture has never beaten a Best Picture nominee in 20-some-odd years in this category. Well, it happened again here. Bombshell does, as it had the whole precursor season. Sweeping this category, it sweeps here again. It wins hair and makeup. 1917
1: does not. Yeah, and Scott said it could be a stat buster, yeah. like, like many other uh, of the other frontrunners, that is, that we talked about. So Bombshell wins here. Uh, Rafael Esparza thought it was, should have been a much bigger favorite. So, so did so I. Go, yeah. go back to our gambling episode. It was an awkward moment between Romano, who got bleeped out. Whatever joke he said, I think it was just like about Joe Pesci being in his seat <laughs> and get the fuck out. I, I of didn't hear it seat. at all. Anyway, yeah. Sandra Oh wasn't happy about that, so that was that was an awkward like librarian shushing you kind of thing. It was awkward for both of them and for me watching it, but whatever. Palpable uh, chemistry. Yeah, a b- bombshell wins. We're all happy about that. I did want to mention one thing about 1917. One of our listeners, Ronaldo Sosa, and he said that 1917 deserved this makeup award, and we've been on a rant every episode I've been saying. Not understanding it. Not understanding the nomination. Yeah. He said it deserved the
0: award because the makeup teams were the ones that made all the corpses in that movie. Which, credit to them. I mean, now knowing that, that does make some sense. I still don't think it was worthy of... Nomination. You well, know, they personify some of the corpses in the story
1: as being markers for you know that first certainly, walk right. Certainly. Anyway, and, and then there's a big moment yep. later on in the film where you're in the water. Yep. And, oh my God. So okay, that makes some sense. Then why doesn't The Walking Dead win the Emmy every year? But all right, <laughs> fine. It makes some sense there. I uh, I did want to correct the record and yes. retract some of my. Well, they
0: had dust in their hair. How does this get nominated? I stand Stuff. by that criticism. I okay, think still <laughs> nominated because of dust. All right. International film was then Penelope Cruz came out. She presented this to Parasite. Uh, before the presentation, we had a big montage. I think the montages were well-placed. We had one for documentary feature. We had one for leading up to a surprise performance of Eminem. We had one for international film. I think they were very well-placed, giving shine to maybe some of the categories that don't usually get them, but you didn't go montage overboard and give it to every single category. Parasite wins international feature. Is anybody surprised? <laughs> Nobody's
1: surprised here. My life is safe because I bet my life on these t- the two categories coming through cinematography and international film, so... I'm good, and uh, I'm, I'm unhappy for Parasite here. I'm thinking, and so is Bong Joon-ho, yes. by the way, thinking that
0: it's the last win of the night for him after screenplaying international film. I said to you during the speech, wow, that sounds like a guy who doesn't think he's going to be back He's up going there. long, yeah. right. I mean, he was thanking everybody, thanking the cast and crew, giving all those snacks thanks. I was like, wow, that, that's kind of like putting a bow on it, and then coming to find out when he's back up there later, he said himself, I didn't expect to come back out here. I thought international feature was it. That's why he ended his speech accepting international feature by saying, I'm ready to drink, which is funny. <laughs> and then he made it another joke about drinking later. <laughs> we go right from there to Elton John being on the other side of the stage. As it comes up, he plays I'm Gonna Love Me Again, shot to Benicio Del Toro, grooving in the audience to this one. Now, we have not done a Best
1: Original Song half episode on the songs of this year, yeah. but how did you like listening to that song for the first
0: time, though, Mike? Yeah, I, you could have paid me all kinds of money to tell you where that shows up in the movie, and I would not know. Second song in the credits? Sure. T- tell us, folks. Yeah. We, look, I mean, I know that's a
1: snarky way to put it. We got to get some snark. It's one in the morning <laughs> on Oscar night. Uh, I like the song. I thought it played really well in the room. I wish I remembered it from the movie. But Elton John, I mean, that, the, oh, the music in that movie was phenomenal. And, and in this particular case... I thought uh, I had a good chorus. I was, I was, I was grooving, but I didn't want to show you guys in the in the <laughs> Oscar see, party. Right. But I was grooving in my own heart and uh,
0: you know in my own mind there. Imagine you get so famous that you could make a giant backdrop prop of sunglasses that you wear. That are only significant because you wear them. Right. That's the level of fame we're dealing with with Elton John, by the way. That's stupid levels of fame. Good for him. I hope I can wear those sunglasses with enough confidence <laughs> as he does someday. Taika YTT came out next. He recapped the Governor Awards and he introduced us to the superhero triumvirate of Gal Gadot, Brie Larson, and Sigourney Weaver, uh, who made note that the first time ever we had a female conductor... Maestra Emir knew to present the original score nominees where the orchestra played parts of the scores from these films. I loved every second of this. Yeah. I loved the, the setup with the three
1: ass-kicking, all-time iconic female characters. Yeah, me too. And they already are. I mean, they, Captain Marvel's going to go down as one of the biggest, uh, you know, the first from the MCU. And, of course, Gal Gadot uh, just crushed it. And, and Wonder Woman, she's going to crush it this spring. Sigourney Weaver. You know, the godmother of them all. Yeah, I mean, Ripley. And to see them paying tribute to her. Yeah, that was awesome. Unbelievable. And then it actually serendipitously allows for Hildur to win
0: this award and become the first female winner in this category. Big ovation for Hilda Guden at the tier. I know I've been mispronouncing that name wrong and I just did again, I apologize. Very touched, very grateful, a very humbling speech from her. And a lot of people in the
1: audience were tearing up. Yeah, uh, I got goosebumps myself. I mean, the, I'm enjoying the show, but this was one of those goosebump moments. And to, to have the Oscars still be able to do that to me, is cool.
0: And she ended it on another uplifting note saying she asked the women and the daughters to please speak up. There needs to be more women in this space. I thought that was really cool. My God, that necklace she was wearing was shining all colors yeah. of the rainbow every time she spoke a word. It was gorgeous. But yeah, I'm with you. This was a really, really cool moment on the night. So Best Original Song was next. Those three super women stay up there to
1: present it. To Elton John and Bernie Toppin from Gonna Love Me
0: Again. This was over when the Golden Globes happened, right? As soon as Elton John said, we've never won an award together. And everybody was like, how? But oh right. yeah, you're right. right. And then that's that track, when this was won, I they think. They were guilty
1: for saying, no, that's not true. You just <laughs> lied on an award stage, Elton.
0: And then of course they're like, oh shit.
1: Yeah. The Grammys were
0: dumb back right. in the day.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: And we had the biggest moment of the night, arguably. We covered it at the top of this episode. Spike Lee comes out to present Best Director. We should have known something was up with how long Spike Lee was staring at the card. Stared at the card for a long time and just bong. I was I yeah. love
1: the way he just shouted that out. Uh, bong Joon-ho wins. I mean, Spike Lee is in the Kobe suit, which was touching. Great moment. Right, right, great right moment. there. I mean, he's such an NBA fan. Kobe doing work mm-hmm. was a great documentary. So, holy shit, I have to watch Cats again, though, because I said if I lost director song or makeup and hair, then I'd have to watch Cats again, and damn it, now I do.
0: I think director was third in my confidence rankings of most sure categories, predictably. So, yeah, yeah, this was an upset for everyone. We talked about why already. Again, Bond goes up there says, I didn't expect to be back up here tonight, but he made this acceptance speech, this one, about all the other nominees in the category. He shouted out Martin Scorsese, which led to a big standing ovation. He shouted out Quentin Tarantino. It was a really, really cool, uh, really humbling by him to kind of turn the, the attention around on his fellow nominees, which goes back to what I said earlier. I think all the speeches were great tonight and very humble and very sharing, very giving loved it steven spielberg came out next he presented the in memoriam section this is where billy eilish sang yesterday we were wondering who was going to land that last spot i thought it would be kobe you thought kirk douglas kobe is the one they started with they ended they gave the hammer spot to kirk douglas which i think is proper i think they were too quick on the kobe draw is my only criticism right they should have left yeah uh,
1: yeah the quote they go up there with a quote and i
0: thought it should have been on
1: camera more they're getting through a lot of people up there they are And they're trying not to miss people. So I I get it. And uh, I I think it was, you know, it was really a a well-sung song. Agree. And, you know, a lot of of moments for us were like, oh, yes. We've been covering all these deaths, unfortunately, in the middle of Mike, Mike and Oscar week. We've been going over their careers and filmographies. And, you know, so we remember kind of looking back throughout the year. In this regard, we hadn't been doing that in every year of our podcast no. thus far. No, we haven't. So this year's been new. Yeah. We have these new weekly shows, so yeah. that's why. But So the, the, this this meant a little extra to us, I think.
0: I'm still not over the Kobe thing, personally. Yeah. Uh, George McKay comes back from commercial. He makes his little joke that I talked about before. So coming out of the In
1: Memoriam segment, he makes us laugh. So again, tension relief, mm-hmm. kind of working for this Oscar show. I thought, I thought this one played the best of the three. I'll, I'll keep saying it. And, of course... Olivia Coleman. She could be a stand-up comedian. Mike, she
0: was just let up there with no copy or copy, or basically just be yourself? That wasn't anything scripted, I don't think. I, that all seemed been. like it came from the heart. And she makes She's cracking. He said, Last year was the best night of my husband's life. He actually <laughs> says that, and I've given birth three times. <laughs> she was doing all these one-liners, killing the room, and then she presents best actor to Joaquin Phoenix, who was the diametric opposite. So this was interesting now. This
1: was interesting that he gets up there. And he essentially makes a coherent speech at, at the at the beginning, thanking the people he needs to thank. And it's coherent basically saying that as human beings we go too far, I think. I
0: think that was a thesis statement of the whole thing. I agree, but it took him a while to get there. And right. he was very, I don't know what the word is. He was nervous, anxious, but also he was telling people to stop cheering. He was like, he wanted to say his piece without their input. I don't know what the word for what he was. It, it came off as a little rude, but I understand. I don't think he was being, you know, directive. He was telling them to do things. He was just that anxious, I think. Um, it you was, could tell. Yeah, it was what, a weird kind of delivery. Yeah. And you could tell when they were announcing the
1: nominees that he was getting ready yeah. to give that yeah, speech. Yeah, 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 definitely. And definitely. he was nervous. it it was wild to watch some of these nominees in the sets of five
0: because his face is totally different to the other four faces. Yeah, like, good point. Truly. And different. it's a good message. I mean... Look, the guys had a roller coaster of speeches all season yep. long, and he obviously wanted to get this off his chest and he even prefaced the whole speech by saying we afforded these opportunities to say something, and he did, and I think it's worthwhile. I also think it impacted the following speech, this is my theory, because we then had Rami Malik come out, and he presents Best Actress to Renee Zellweger, and I thought her speech was all over the place, maybe the, the least impactful of the night. We were kind of talking in the room, too. Everybody
1: was talking in the room, so I don't know how much... I- was paying attention I'm gonna have to rewatch this one break it down a little further whatever we got the whole week to break this down Uh, we're happy for Renee Zellweger we're happy for Judy Garland fans out there not our favorite movie on the year yeah look I just watched The Coal Miner's Daughter Mm -hmm. with Sissy Spacek right Renee Zellweger does a better job doing Judy Garland than Sissy Spacek did doing Loretta Lynn. Okay. I just think that the Academy has a history of it's really hard to get up there and sing like the the professional singers can sing. I mean, Jennifer Hudson is going to be one of the few people to be able to maybe mm-hmm. be just as good as Aretha Franklin, if that's even possible. right? Because she's that good. Very
0: much looking forward to that.
1: You know, so uh, Renee Zellweger has a high bar the highest with Judy Garland and even you know as she's dying at the end of her life there and she's imitating her dying it's still a pretty damn good performance so and she, I, yeah, I'll she give did a credit. good mimicry of well, Judy Garland we both came back to the fact that you know she's she wound up in your top five yeah she's in my top seven mm-hmm. in in the year i i highlighted a few other performances because i rewatched things like midsummer on, on you know and i, I want to be cool and i picked the horror movie actress whatever i think renee zellweger gave a strong performance i'm a little surprised that the narrative took hold and the consensus built so thoroughly this year yeah. but there you
0: go yeah no i think i i agree with everything you said i think she was aided by the category being a little down overall as compared to other years but that's That's a cyclical thing that's going to happen after the years we've had with Best Actress. So credit to her. She gets her second Academy Award. Good job. Jane Fonda came out. She presented Best Picture to Parasite. We recapped this already. Big, huge moment to the point where they, I don't know what happened with the lights on stage. If somebody turned them off to kind of wrap them up or whatever, but the lights went down and the crowd booed. And was begging for the lights to get back up, and they I were. I thought it was going to be like that New Orleans Super Bowl. Was it New Orleans? Yeah, or the Ravens yeah, yep, 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 49ers, yeah.
1: After the big halftime extravaganza going into the second half, I think it was, yeah. where the, light, you know, the power failed. My God. Anyway, uh, we have huge moment. I don't remember the speech. We're kind of shuffling, getting ready yeah. for things. Uh, we'll have to go back to it and, again, study it throughout the week. You know, maybe as some you know color for our uh, for our analysis, but that that's a big portion of the rest of the week. We are going to bring a guest or two on here. We're going to dive into uh, how this happened. We're going to break down a lot of stats. I mean, that's the the task ahead of us, Michael.
0: Yeah, this is over. <laughs>
1: This is the happiest we felt at the end of an Oscars.
0: It is. It so. is. It was a great show. Uh, it's a. It means a lot to a lot of people. It means a lot to the Academy in general that Parasite won. So I'm happy for all of that. Uh, I, I I'm happy this film year is over. <laughs> I really am. It was a tough film year in that we were very
1: ambitious with the amount yeah. of content we made on top of everything else in our lives. But wow. it was it was also tough in this particular truncated awards this schedule i hope never happens again and mr feinberg was all over that definitively on the last episode where he's like oh yeah it's february 9th this year
0: and it's february 28th next year for a reason we won't have to do this again thank god so that was the 2020 academy awards you could tell my voice is starting to go i think i'm actually starting to get sick again which is just incredible. I'm mad at you for getting sick. Who, what dad? I'm the great Santini right now. We got to call Raphael and have him get out of my immune system because it's never been like this. Yeah, so you were incredible. saying it all night, so yeah. I'm
1: sorry. I hope you feel better. Yeah,
0: well, look, I, I'm glad we, we strung it out. This is the end. This is the way the 2019 film world ends. Sundance is already in the rear view. We gotta gear up for 2020, 2021. And that is immediately forthcoming once we put a bow on these Oscars, uh, which we will do over this week, hopefully, uh, with another couple guests like Mike already told you about. We want to hear from you, obviously, dear listener, and we hope that we were able to guide you and help you out with your drive to work this morning. We hope that you uh, you listened, you watched along, and anything you missed that we were able to give you a good enough recap on. But we want to hear what did you agree with? What are you mad about? What do you think got snubbed most? Let us know. Leave us those comments. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and oscar On Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com. Dot com, and on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts. And if you're listening to this right now on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five star review for staying up this late <laughs> we really <laughs> no, would appreciate would really it up. yeah that would really mean a lot mike we teased it earlier we said we were gonna debut our next rewatch series coming up what is it It is the James Bond character study. We did
1: the Joker character study this fall. I'm going to
0: shoot you with a Walter K. P. P. 7.
1: You guys loved it. You love the Joker character study, so Bond is coming out with his 25th film in the franchise. 27, if you count a couple extra movies. We are going to have watched them all by the time we start this series. I think the plan right now is to take it one Bond at a time and do a Massive deep dive episode or two for each of the bonds, you know Sean Connery, Roger Moore, etc. So that that's going to be a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna hit uh, the James Bond character study before No Time to Die as our winter rewatch series, and we've been spitballing a bunch more Mm -hmm. so you may get a spring you'll probably get a spring you'll definitely get a summer with a couple big July
0: movies that we're really excited about with God as my witness I will convince this man to do something with the Fast and Furious (laughs) (laughs) Look, I, if that's a rewatch
1: series, and this one might be too, like I don't love every James Bond movie, yeah. but I didn't love every Halloween movie either. So it's almost like what? a... What? No, yes. no did <laughs> not. I, I, I didn't like a lot of the Halloween movies, except for maybe a couple. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. And we, and we arguing about them and, you know, doing the film critic thing where we
0: slam them and give them tough love. Right. It's, it's more fun to have those arguments, too, rather than our billionth parasite argument, which is part of the reason I say I'm glad this film year is over. But yeah, but that might be fun for Bond,
1: that might be fun for Fast and Furious. That's the
0: hope, and it should be a little more fun. And the rewatch series that we do in the off-season, that's the aim of them, is to be a little more entertainment, bring a little more levity to the program, because we're going to have serious stuff, we're going to keep doing MMOW, we're going to keep doing ORC, uh, Would they may not be every week right out of the gate. We're going to figure out what we can do with the schedule with those things, and and. Uh, Cover everything as we see fit, as we see fit and it's going to get done. We're going to be here for you guys. This is the end of one year, but the next one starts right up, right away. Immediately. So, like we always say, guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch these movies and these awards show with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar, trying to make award season year-round, even when it just ends. A new one begins. We will see you guys very soon. That's, that's wise right there. Those are wise. See you.